0: For May 27th, 2013, it's the Overthinking It Podcast, episode 256. Are we not fast? Are we not furious? <music> Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. From Los Angeles, California, I am Matthew Rather. Happy Memorial Day. We are here with the panel to overthink Furious 6, a.k.a. Fast and Furious 6, a.k.a. the sixth installment in the, The Fast and the Furious (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> franchise uh we got the panel here so a uh, panel in honor of the contortions um of superlatives and comparatives that uh or i just i just I guess no comparatives of adjectives, the contortions of adjectives and numerals, uh, that this franchise has put its title through. Um, you have carte blanche to take any long running film franchise you like and put it through similar contortions. Uh, how would you rename a sequel, uh, in a long running film franchise in the style of the titles Wow, this is convoluted. <laughs> in the style of the titles of the Fast and the Furious uh, franchise. First in the alphabet, drink, because it's not Pete Fenzel. It is our own Ben Adams. Hey, how you doing? Excellent, thank you.
1: So I think uh, I got to go with a, the Jurassic Park franchise. Um, so I think we're going to go with, I don't know, what, four Jurassic, four park <laughs> they're, on, they're on Jurassic Four, right? <laughs> yep, the fourth
2: one's next. That's correct.
1: Uh, and I and I think it's best if if it were made by the same people that did Fast and Furious. So they're just like long, lingering shots of the dinosaurs. Uh somehow there's a heist involved. And you know, primarily just explosions. I, I don't really want all this backstory. I just want to see some dinosaurs running around the place.
2: Nice. I mean, there's a lot of people who've made the Fast and the Furious, right? I mean, John Singleton made a Fast and the Furious movie. I'd love to see the John Singleton Jurassic Park. That would be pretty intense. Um, but yeah, I think was it was it not Jeremy Lin? I keep thinking that that's the name of the guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, what is what is the guy's name? Justin. Uh, Justin Lin. Lin. Justin yeah, is yeah, the director of Fast and Furious Six, and I think is one of the major major domei. Of the of the franchise,
0: um, yeah. I mean, could could we involve the dinosaurs in motorsports somehow? I mean, could the the dinosaurs do those like quad ATVs or something? And and you know, they just <laughs> oh,
2: like, should we say right now just blanket spoilers for all six Fast and Furious? <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to start. The references are coming to come fast, and well,
3: also the seventh <laughs> one, <laughs> the one that hasn't come out yet, but was teased at the end of Fast Six. Yes, Excuse exactly. Me, six. Oh, man.
2: But I was just going to say, I don't know whether the Velociraptors would be import or American muscle. I mean, what kind of... <laughs> I'm five, man. Anyway.
1: I mean, I think, I think you have a race where it's like, all right, the winner gets the, the, you know, starts working for our cartel. The loser gets eaten by Velociraptors.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is it a race where it's two scientists riding different kinds of dinosaurs and the winner gets the other one's dinosaur or the (laughs) dinosaur?
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, Pete Fenzel next in the alphabet. Hey!
2: So, uh, just a little heads up, in the last 24 hours, I have watched five out of the six Fast and Furious movies, (laughs) skipping only Tokyo Drift, uh, for time consideration, mostly. Uh, God knows that Bow Wow deserves our undivided attention, even (laughs) these many years later. Uh, So I'm a little punchy, a little punchy, like like a little bit of the nitrous, and I need a couple nitrous boosts to get through this one. (laughs) Anyway, we all know about The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey. Right? And we all know about uh, The Hobbit there and back again But after that they have to make a third one And I'm pretty sure what they want to call that one Is Hobbit Unexpected Journey Because <laughs> <laughs> it's how you got The Fast and the Furious And it's never confused with Fast and Furious uh, The fourth Fast and the Furious movie uh, And it's just It's clear that the most efficient way To make a distinct title while maintaining a brand Is just take out the articles So, yeah, Hobbit Unexpected Journey. Right. Yep, definitely. And we have Tyrese in it, which would be awesome. (laughs) Just trash talking with the Hobbit the whole time. It's great.
0: Is there a way to involve motorsports in the world of Middle Earth? Like, could the Hobbits be riding these off-road quad ATVs? it
2: would go a lot faster wouldn't it <laughs> like like frodo we need to take the ring to mount doom and it's like uh, oh when do we need to get it there sometime in the next two years and it's like how about 30 minutes and he like pulls a tarp and he's got like a giant uh i'm gonna say a souped up honda civic actually no it's gonna be a souped up smart car is what it is it's smart cars with neon on the bottom oh nice uh, because they 're hobbit sized right and or you can each, ride it a- each
0: member of the each member of the fellowship could have a different vehicle that that represents them like uh, i don 't know I think that that Aragorn for example, like has a I, I, you know, a, like a classic motorcycle, you know, a souped-up Harley or something like that. Yeah,
2: I mean, when he changes from Strider to Aragorn, he can, like, upgrade to a different motorcycle. He right. can take the broken motorcycle of his grandfather, which would be a very fast and furious thing to do, and, like, re- reforge it. Gandalf what? would really drive, like, a big old Lincoln, like, a big white Lincoln. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've got to reforge the bike that was broken.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Harlissar, the Harlstone, the Hogstone. <laughs>
3: Stone.
0: Oh, mark lee all
3: right so i'm a newcomer to the fast furious franchise we'll get you up to speed quickly <laughs> uh, roll, roll. I, I see what you did there. um so prior to seeing this movie um i, I most knew the, uh, the fast and furious franchise for its director justin lynn who for a long time was rumored to direct the next terminator movie uh-huh so uh, i think that is, is no longer going to happen because he's too busy making he's, he's uh, making fast and furious movies fastly and furiously, so he's unable to uh, to commit to a Terminator project. But I would like to see Justin Lin take on a Terminator Tokyo Drift, um, because I hear that Tokyo Drift is sort of non canonical, so it can just be sort of a a side diversion in, in the Terminator series where um, you know time traveling uh, uh, Terminators from the future uh, go to Tokyo, right? So you have like a Terminator in Asian setting. How cool would that be, right? Uh, and they uh drive fast cars around a lot,
0: yeah, I mean it could be called like uh uh like three terms or something like that or four terms like with uh, a z with yeah. a z. <laughs> Yeah, and they could just
2: blow up a whole bunch of high explosives in the middle of, was it Shanghai Square, or whatever that square is called, and no one would get injured, which is really improbable, (laughs) uh, the famous scene. Yeah, just to be clear, Tokyo Drift isn't non-canonical. It's just somewhat peripheral. (laughs) The events of Tokyo Drift do take place in the Fast and the Furious universe, or as I like to call it, the...
3: Fury Universe. (laughs) (laughs) The the Fastiverse. The Fastiverse. The
0: The the Funiverse. Well, I don't need to ask, Mark. I was trying to make a running gag out of the ATV line, but uh, I don't need to ask how Terminator can involve motorsports because we know that Terminators turn into uh motorcycles that Ducati
3: motorcycles to be specific. Right, exactly.
0: They turn into <laughs> Ducati motorcycles that have USB interfaces, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for convenient hacking. So that uh Sam Worthington uh, can right yeah exactly. Can no, you know Christian Bale. Bale. Oh it's Street. Christian Bale who writes yeah. well he can flash the ROM is my is my yeah. point. <laughs> he roots it. He does a firmware <laughs> upgrade on <laughs> that,
2: you know. So wait, so in the Terminator in the Terminator Tokyo Drift are there a whole bunch of scenes that start with like close-up shots of the tx's ass and
3: then zoom out and an asian version of a tx
2: asian, asian tx yeah. okay so that would be t and then what like is there a, a character that represents x that in the way is there any asian language that has a character that both represents the least used letter of the alphabet and the like highest degree of street losing difficulty <laughs> like uh like x does for us <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's go with the Japanese, like a rare Japanese dialect spoken only by um by indigenous indigenous peoples. Oh, okay, fair enough.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, my turn. I think uh, I'm going to return to my my hobby horse whenever we talk about long running film franchises, and that is my um uh that is I, I'm proposing two things. One is that we continue the police academy franchise, and two that we give it a gritty uh, modern sort of a Star Trek style reboot, uh, focusing on you know young attractive people who. Would not be out of place in a CW network show. So it's called uh, it's called Two Police, Two Academies, and uh, it's essentially a Romeo and Juliet story set against the backdrop of of two rival towns that have two rival police academies who uh, play an escalating series of pranks uh, on one another until, uh, unbeknownst to either of them, they become wrapped up in a real life crime syndicate's. Uh, let's just say underground street. Drive- Drag racing uh, yeah
2: let's just make it underground street drag racing to keep it like keep it simple right <laughs> uh, it, is, it is by the way the most common form of crime in the world <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah, I mean you can you know um. And uh, end up both foiling foiling the plot. Uh, the two leads end up finding love with with one another, and uh, they you know they end up heroes. And you know I don't know set up the the next movie. You know three police, three academies, mission to Moscow. Can there be can there be dinosaurs driving ATVs in this? <laughs> in, in this movie? Oh yes, I think so. Yeah, um, as long as they're not CGI dinosaurs, as long as they're you know Spielberg style like practical puppets that you know people in dinosaur suits driving ATVs or motorcycles, uh, racing down the streets and smart cars right. and a you know a big like uh, Triumph you know Bonneville America uh, that does a. a Slide on its side across the finish line underneath the, a semi-truck to win a race.
2: <laughs> Can Jonesy just ride a bicycle but he just makes it sound like a really awesome
0: car? <laughs> 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 who, is, who is his heir? We haven't... I mean, like, oh. you know, there is no one who does what he does now, the way uh, I don't know, I feel like the way the archetypes represented by a lot of the police academy actors and whatnot. I mean, you know, for Bobcat Goldthwaite we had briefly Steve-O and, you know, now I'm sure there's some other person that that we don't know about Like, who who is the new uh, Jonesy? Who's the new Motormouth Jones, right?
2: Oh, jeez The person who makes noises that sound like anything that they want to make Yeah, absolutely.
0: sound like? Yeah, absolutely I mean, it's, you know I, I mean, don't know. it's
2: weird because we we use digital. We there's not a lot of analog ones anymore. Uh huh. Um, yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's probably, a lot of... It's
0: probably a computer program, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like a programmer, yeah, somewhere
0: who's making all this happen. That would be that would be really dispiriting if for all of the effects, right. Like the person who plays Jones in the reboot, like gets out an iPhone app and just starts playing, <laughs> just starts punching buttons on the screen to make all no, of it. The- no, his
2: love interest totally has an iPhone app that can alter her voice, and then like he finally finds someone who can understand him because nobody can make the voice sounds like he does, uh-huh. right? And so he feels like isolated, right? And then he like finds this this woman or guy, you know, it doesn't. It's police academy. We can be progressive, progressive about it, but this person can use the app to like then also make the sound of like a golf cart falling down a flight of stairs um also known as the the score to any uh transformers movie right
0: but uh, <laughs> get out of the way that reminds uh, me of the the eddie murphy bit about like an old uh what is it grandma or aunt or something like that falling down the stairs right and the, the noises they make uh, you know uh for which c um uh, i you know i don't even remember what special it was in all right fast six furious six i should oh, say man. Um, and we well, will we get- should it be clear
2: because it says that after the little montage at the beginning of the movie it says Furious 6 which leads me to think that that's what the movie that's the sort of meaningful title of the movie the because all the titles of the movies are all meaningful anyway I interrupted I'm no, very yeah. very
0: excited well we will we'll, we'll get to it why don't we want to start right away but first a little news uh, from overthinking it uh, the first is that the uh, the Game of Thrones if you like watching our Game of Thrones and Mad Men recaps those continue Though Game of Thrones has taken a week off this week so the recap. We'll take a week off. The Mad Men recaps will continue this week. We're still having some copyright issues related to the Eurovision videos on our... on our YouTube page, and you know, for w- the for whatever reason, because there are outstanding fair use claims, we can't record Google Hangouts on air. So we're doing them on my on my YouTube account and linking them into the um, we're linking them into the uh, playlists on the Overthinking It page. So we, there was a comment on a YouTube video on an uh, Overthinking It channel YouTube video. Hey guys, where are the you know where are the episodes seven and eight recaps? And I, I emailed this person and answered there you know one of them is audio only and you can find it on overthinkingit.com, and one of them uh is on the in the playlist but not uh in the thing i don't know it, the whole damn thing the whole damn thing is a mess but uh, keep watching over keep watching the site if you want to see those and thanks for um you know thanks for watching those we are uh very grateful And there was one more bit of news which is slipping my mind now so let's launch in. <laughs> <laughs> Just let no, 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 these you guys. Tom Cruise.
3: Oh, oh yeah. Right. Tom, there, that's Tom Cruise tweeted, a, tweeted our Minority Report article. Yeah. Or rather, Tom Cruise's um, PR team. <laughs>
0: I I like that his PR team signs their tweets, right? Like, I feel like there's an expectation on Twitter that it's actually the person, Uh, you know, and President Obama, right? Like, he signs his tweets with his initials uh, on his Twitter account when it's actually him versus the, you know, what, the White House communications team or the Democratic National Committee or whoever it is, uh, uh, you know, right? whoever it is who's ghostwriting all of those tweets. So I appreciate that Tom Cruise's PR team uh, got wind of John Parrish's article from last year and uh, tweeted out, tweeted out a link to it. That was exciting.
2: Yeah, it was a fun time.
0: Mm. You know what else was a fun time? Furious Six. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete, what, uh, what, what is your uh, take on the significance of this title? Because, right, these, I think these titles are changed not only for novelty, but because of the deep mythopoetical and phonological <laughs> implications that the titles have.
2: Well, it's interesting. Well, I actually, I was talking about this a little bit before. I think that the titles are changed in a meaningful way, and at the very least when you sit down to write a Fast and the Furious movie, you apparently look to the title for sort of a unifying thought. Right? So, to go through them, you know, The Fast and the Furious, which is a, pr- a movie title from an old movie back in the 50s that had a totally different plot, but that they p- purchased in order to use, is sort of like um, it's sort of like the quick and the dead. It's like a description of a certain lifestyle. It's like, there's this place, and this is how those people live, right? It's almost like a colonial kind of movie where they talk about Paul Walker, his boss tells him he's going native, right? He's he's just exploring this other culture, and, and, and these people are sort of outside of, of society that offers legal protections and, and jobs and respects and families, so they have to make their own social order so that's the Fast and the Furious then Too Fast, Too Furious is a buddy movie, and the two represents Paul Walker and Tyrese right. who are both Fast and Furious and thus have doubled the Fastest and Furious that might be expected from a movie in which only one of them was Fast and Furious and thus the two uh, And the two also communicates a certain lightheartedness right? uh, which, is also, which is also in there and then you got Tokyo Drift, which drifts away from the existing storyline, has yeah. no previous characters <laughs> in it. Uh, and then you come back to Fast and Furious, which is also a, a buddy movie, but it's more about enemy, but enemy cops, like rival cops. And in that sense, it's Paul Walker is the fast one, and Vin Diesel is the furious one. And they're using different methods to try to both avenge Letty's murder right, and find the drug dealer who, who murdered her. And then Fast Five is a heist movie, like Ocean's Eleven. Right. And uh, and so then what Furious Six is, is it's a Delta Force movie. Right. It's it's like a, we're You're almost a sort, sort of a,
0: it's a vengeance movie almost. Right. Like we're going to we're going to take it out on the guy who stole Letty from us or like, you know what I mean? There's there's this like deep sense that that some wrong has been done. And that's why she's that's why she's in the situation she's in.
2: Yeah 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 but the but yeah definitely that's definitely true. A bunch of them are about different aspects of vengeance. Um, and but this one is also the group is acting collectively and the group is powerful. Right? And the group is, is angry and violent. There's a lot of fist fighting in Fast in uh, Furious 6 in Fast and the Furious 6. Yeah. I think more than the previous movies generally speaking, although the big fight between the rock and Vin Diesel in fast five is one of the greatest moments in the whole series when the, the rock spits out the mouthful of broken glass at the camera, um, is pretty amazing. But yeah, uh, it's, it's brutal, you know, it's, it's violent. It's much more militarized. It's sort of like what we didn't want to have see happen to the federation has happened to, uh, has happened to the, the, the fast diverse gang, um, the family as they might be called. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I mean I, mean,
0: I, think, I don't know yeah. I, I I'm interested in this in this idea that like the fast and the furious is a name for like a class for a sort of social uh class a, a subaltern um culture right that that lives kind of uh, on the outside of the law and outside of its protections um you know and that they are they are a sort of insurrectionary force within uh within institutions right like and and that that's brought to bear on the the military um in you know in this film notably in the scene where you know where they even get the rock to turn on whoever it is i mean i i don't know whose uniforms they're wearing but doesn't the doesn't there it's conveniently nato so it's
3: not tied to a specific nation yeah yeah also i'm pretty sure interpol doesn't do the
2: things it does in this movie but we don't really have to get into that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) the uh yeah it's well right like um yeah i guess they're wearing blue uniforms uh, mm. so there, okay, so, right, you know, the, the, like, even kind of international military cooperation can't stand against the power of Dominic Toretto, and, uh... The
2: fury of Dominic Toretto,
0: even.
2: Hell <laughs> 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 hath no fury like Vin Diesel scorned. So, yes, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, because I think to a degree, the aspect of the Fast and the Furious as a class of people drops away the deeper you get into the series. And the reason for this is, in the beginning, in the, in the first movie... Uh, there's a great scene. The first movie is actually pretty good, I thought. I thought the first movie was pretty pretty interesting. There's a scene where Jordana Brewster is explaining to Paul Walker um, how their social group has kind of self-organized. And one of them is that Dom has this gravity, she says. He has a gravity. He tends to draw people to him. And she accuses Paul Walker of, like, bromancing with Vin Diesel, and he lies and says that he's only in it for her. I mean, he never, like... It's never admitted that it's a lie, but it's pretty clear it's a lie if you're watching the movie. Um, but uh, and, but, but like, the idea is that Vin Diesel has this sort of talent. It's almost like W. B. Du Boisian, you know, talent in 10th kind of situation where he has this tendency where he will rise above uh, in the environment he's in and people will be drawn to him, and that will be a source of like, a new social capital. By the time you get to Fast and Furious, which is really more of a reboot, that's where the, you know, the contemporary series is, is like reinvented with Fast and Furious, the fourth one, when they bring back. Vin Diesel's crew and they cast them as these not only they're no longer like amateurs who are pulling off you know uh, robberies of trucks on the highways they're this international gang of expert master thieves. Right. And so we've moved out of the realm of sort of, you know, pseudo, pseudo, pseudo documentarism where it's like, oh, I wonder what it's like to go see what the kids are doing when they're street racing. It's to this point where they're like this myth, this fantasy um, blown farther, farther out of proportion. Um, but it's interesting to think, okay. So they're not really this group of people who are just you know, live fast, die young. They're angry. Uh, we kind of understand what they're doing, but we pity them. At the same time, we sort of envy them. We know they're not happy. Right to this point where, like, they have all the skills that they gather from their upbringing, but now they do have, like, solidified – A a sort of institutional hierarchy. They all feel very confident in their social organization. Even when they're on the run from the cops, they seem rather non, you know, non perturbed by the various like changes that happen in their lives.
0: And they also have a legitimacy. I mean, they have a, a legitimacy brought about by like recognition of their of their status, right? Like of their great skills from the outside.
2: Right, right, right. Like, one of the first conversations in the very first Fast and the Furious movie is about how nobody trusts Paul Walker because he keeps ordering a tuna sandwich, and they all know that they don't have good tuna sandwiches at their little place. They have this little food counter uh, that Jordana Brewster works at. And so it's like they're very threatened by this guy who keeps ordering the tuna sandwiches because it's, it's this thing that for them is, is never going to be good. And and somebody thus who eats tuna is an outsider, right? Um, that level of triviality is not present <laughs> in the later movies. Um, there's never a point where like Ludacris you know, is like, you know, hey, guys, I just got uh, Ubuntu. And they're like, who uses Ubuntu? Like, what is that? <laughs> like do you is that like is that like an iPhone? (laughs) What is that? Yeah, it's like they're like threatened by like the fact that he has all these fancy toys. It's like after
0: after the rock shoots uh shoots the vending machine, right? Like to you know oh you you took an almond joy and not a mounds, huh? Uh, (laughs) Wow (laughs) The biggest
2: difference also is the tech guy, I'm sorry, I'll I'll give. stop in just a second. The tech guy in the first Fast and the Furious movie is a a kid, a genius mechanic, borderline genius engineer, who uh, dropped out of high school because he has ADD. He has untreated ADD, and he has no parental figures or health insurance to get treatment for his ADD. Uh, And a lot of the movie, a big chunk of the movie revolves around him having kind of a manic episode during a street race and kind of going missing. Right? And they're all really worried about him, and and that's something that happens. Whereas by the end, not only do you have Ludacris running the supercomputer station and doing everything you know but um you've had like i mean that's pretty much what you have you have ludicrous running a supercomputer, <laughs> station and, and he's like not bothered by anything that happens he like instantly has developed the solution they need like when he jams all the cell phone signals in london in order to stop the uh the guy from trying to escape uh to call for help when he when he gets out after blackmailing everybody yeah. anyway mark i interrupted you i'm sorry
3: I was, was going to say, to go back to this thing about uh, legitimacy for the group, right? I mean, it, it's hitting a little bit on the, on the nose, but the fact that they get uh, pardons, right, at the, uh, the end is part of the deal for, um, uh, for helping out you know, the legitimate law enforcement by taking down this bad guy. Um, they don't they – don't, not only do they get um, you know, uh, pardons for their crimes so that they can become uh, lawful uh, members of mainstream society, but um, when, um, when The Rock asks Vin Diesel what he wants, he gives him a number, right, which is the address to a home. So they've also become property owners. I think it's highly
0: implied.
2: It's the dress right. of their home. It's the dress of their house from the first movie. I'm yeah.
0: Making. It's the it's the the idea is that like they're going to be restored to their to their state. And I mean, I think this is this is very interesting because it's like it's implied in the first movie that their state is not necessarily enviable, or it's not. I mean, it's not a mixed blessing. I mean, like living outside the protections of society affords you certain freedoms, but it also uh, it also robs you of certain of the protections. Right. That that um kind of living within the mainstream of the society uh, affords you're you know you're sort of cowboys right and and yeah i mean
3: I, I should i should temper this idea that they're really they're rejoining mainstream society right because it's clearly implied that by the overgrowth and the home and then the fact that it's really on the outskirts of los angeles that they are well on the outskirts right
2: I mean, it's also pretty strongly implied by the fact that one of the main characters still has crazy amnesia, that they're not going to be able to recreate their life as they had it. And even then, they're remembering it through rose-colored glasses, too, on top of that. I guess when Paul Walker talks about the smog and the traffic and all the bad things that are true about Los Angeles and then kind of brushes them aside, right, Um, there's that that sense that they're trying to find a reason – to elevate this thing that was important to them at the time but is not really all that awesome in a, in a more s- separate from their own perspective sense.
0: Right, it sort of relies on you not having really understood the first movie, you know, as a... <laughs>
2: <laughs> or, or understanding how people work. Like, people get nostalgic for this stuff. Like, you like listen to people talk nowadays about like, oh man, back in the 50s it was, everything was simpler. Right? <laughs> it's like, no, nah, and it kind of wasn't. <laughs> like, which part? The part with the in- imminent nuclear annihilation? <laughs> like the part where we had segregation you know like it's like the thing wasn't simpler The, the, the world wasn't simpler then you were a child you know like that's the difference and I think that's the difference with the Fast and the Furious franchise too is in the first movie they're really still children Right, like they—they—they they, they really are. I mean, Vin Diesel is a little bit older than everybody else, and maybe they're kind of a little bit developmentally slower. Right, they don't have the same kinds of rites of passage. Maybe it's like people in their early twenties at the latest in, is portrayed in the movie. Right, but like by the end of it, they're in their forties. You know, their thirties and forties. I mean, I guess. Gosh, well, it's five years. It's it's really much less time than that as the crow flies. Like, well, not as the crow flies, but as the <laughs> in the world of the fastiverse. I think only about six or seven years pass between the first movie and the end of the series. But obviously, it's a lot more in real life, and I think that it's reflected in certain ways the characters have developed too.
0: Can I can I bring? That's, oh
3: yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that. Let's also not forget that um, the first movie was in July 2001. It's a really pre-9-11 movie, whereas everything else is decidedly in the post-9-11 movie. They're all about the war on terror. (laughs) (laughs) I I I kid, of course, because I think I'm just like... I look around and I, I, I see the people writing about movies just like constantly bringing up, uh, you know, post 9-11, world war on terror, like every summer movie season. Because, like, you know, when you see violence on the screen and terrible things happening the people, like, it just got to bring it back to 9-11. And I I, but I I, I don't want to do that here in case it's not clear.
2: And when I called Ang Lee's Hulk the first great post 9-11 movie, everybody said it was crazy. But now that it's like... You know, 12 years ago, everyone's comfortable saying all this stuff. Anyway, uh, they didn't say it was crazy. They just didn't care what I had to say because they didn't like the movie.
0: Uh, Because you didn't have a website. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now you have a um, website, and the world clamors to hear your opinions about things. But here's
2: here's the thing, is that, like, I think the biggest change between the first Fast and the Furious movie and all the other ones isn't that the other ones are in a post-9-11 world, is the other ones are in a post-Limp Biscuit world, right? Like, it's like if you watch the first Fast and the Furious movie, they play Roland by Limp Biscuit with, like, not a hint of irony, right? Because we're, we're still, it's all sentimental, right? Or that, like, rap rock. Uh, I guess it's not all sentimental, but like that's the genre name we made up a bunch of years ago. I don't know if it was on the site. I think it was a more in casual conversation. This idea for like heavy metal music that was really that was like emo influenced and kind of whiny and uh and like pseudo-nostalgic it was that we like evanescence, we would refer to as sentimental. Um but yeah, but like late 90s, early aughts, uh like rap rock and pop metal music features very heavily in the first Fast and the Furious movie. And by the second one, it's been replaced by um like, uh, you know, like sort of three, six mafia-esque, uh, really ostentatious rap music. I mean, Ludacris is literally in the movie, <laughs> right? And, and then that's this sort of, that sort of pimp my ride, right, is, is the, is the attitude of the second one. And then the rest of it is kind of followed pimp my ride towards legitimization. where now like, you know, Jay-Z rides Alexis, you know, like, um, as opposed to like, uh, you know, like Fred Durst driving in the, in an El Camino or whatever, <laughs> um, I don't know. The music is a big instance of how it changes, and I think what the music means—a music of like youthful anger and rebellion—replaced by music of like uh, material worship and celebration and party. And then by this point, it's like feels almost. Where's the last song? It's not Kanye West, but it sounded like Kanye West. Uh, the sound over the credits in this one. But it's only God
3: can judge me. Something like that.
2: Oh, is that what it was? Well, it's not only not Tupac.
0: No, but it's a, no, it's sorry. a co- it's a cover, isn't it? It's a it's a oh, like a uh, yeah. Um so uh, can we turn to can we turn to this this film in particular? I mean, aside from the, we should talk about the action because it does feature the longest runway that I think yes, exists yes.
3: at, at like any Superman, airport. Superman's waterfall problem, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's. I mean, you have to you have to imagine that there's a lot of sort of time tricks being played in the cutting. That there's a lot of parallel cutting that's kind of going back in time because it's a ten or fifteen minute sequence, isn't it? And they're you know they're rolling at what must be you know a hundred and some odd uh miles per hour um so that 10 minute sequence covers like would cover 20 miles of uh runway which had five uh you know that's like a a, a hundred and five thousand uh foot runway which is yeah. you know four that's like that's four like times an bigger. airport
2: that's bigger than the island of manhattan right right yeah, <laughs> it's, it's um, but of course they probably didn't actually shoot a lot of that stuff, right? It's, a lot of it is computer po- composited and things like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, no, it doesn't actually. No, 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 it doesn't actually exist. But it does. It does ask us to to sort of. It does ask us to sort of assume that it exists. And even if I mean, even if the sequence is only three minutes long and they travel five miles, you know, you're still going uh, something on the order of what twenty five thousand feet, which is I I think yeah. is longer. Uh, then there are runways that are tens of thousands of feet long, but I think like 12 or 15 is the is the limit. I don't know, let me ask my friend the internet about this, but uh, uh, <laughs> well, yeah.
2: My other big thought about that, because I was thinking about this while, I think we were all probably thinking about this while we were watching that scene, is that when um, when, oh, what's her name, the the woman who is with Han, with Han who was in uh, who is Braga's sidekick, right, the um, let's see, I forget which which character she is, um, but you know who is the one who is who dr- falls off the car to shoot the bad guy and to sacrifice herself to save Han from being shot in the back of the head. Um, like when she falls, she sort of like falls into the shadow. Right, it's like it's like the world around this action sequence doesn't really exist. Uh, this action sequence is sort of happening in a sort of suspended dream world. It's almost like that's. I think there's a scene in Stephen King's It where they describe like sliding along a sort of endless, infinite, flat surface, right? And like the uh, the mental battle in It. Um, yeah, this is based off of Wikipedia reading, so I'm not sure, but yeah. But I feel like there were other things about the scene that indicated that this wasn't a real airport, but it was instead some sort of like mind space. Right where like the Fast and Furious legacy is being battled out metaphorically and symbolically, um, or maybe they just didn't want to. Did, did anyone else? Was anyone else bothered that they didn't go back to check to see if maybe she was just badly injured? Well, they're leaving room for her to come back in a sequel, right? That's true. It's, they're like, oh, we won't bother checking on her.
0: Yeah, but I, like, I also thought, drunk. I also thought you kind of had. She kind of had to be dead because you know she fell in the same way that the villain fell. You know, right? And right, that right. like, if if he's dead, she's she's got to be dead.
2: Yeah. But we saw the villain um, And the ground More than we saw her in the ground Like maybe she landed in a big pile of luggage
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's true <laughs> Maybe she landed against the windshield of a car Right.
2: Yeah. How did, you know that? Which, how did you know that car Dude this movie and religion I'm like, <laughs> How did you know that car Was going to be there to break our fall So this is
0: the thing actually I, We got sidetracked on a tangent about I'm runways sorry. But I wanted, this is the thing I wanted to bring up Actually like do you, do you think that there's A metaphorical story To, uh, to the movie Right like uh, Oh by the way runways at, uh, runways at Los Angeles International Airport um, 12,000 feet long the, lo- the longest one so so we're talking double or more uh, the length um, wow
2: you could, it's even half
1: that long geez anyway continue there is a according to Wikipedia there is a runway in the People's Republic of China that is eighteen thousand feet long
0: so so one point five times that length yeah. Uh, so there you go yeah a lot of so right so there you go and this this is this doesn't even account for our theory that it could be all cut continuously and the, it could be a 20 mile long runway you know coming in at over a hundred thousand a hundred thousand feet so you know the magical runway of i mean this runway is fast and it is furious is my point I, I guess what do you think that there's a metaphorical story in this movie that has to do with the kind of character arcs because it's not you know i think they're done learning lessons a little bit right like and they've they've sort of of grown up they've had like a mystical journey of you know self-understanding and now they pretty much are who they are so with uh you know you gotta have faith stuff or especially with with michelle uh rodriguez's um nearly said michelle williams journey which is a different i mean that's two dawson two creek i guess but um but uh Casey could be in both of them <laughs> but uh the um you know with with her story from like uh you know amnesia to sort of awkwardly sitting on um awkwardly sitting on vin diesel's lap at the end did anyone else think that was that was a little odd but uh but, like,
2: non, if she can't remember even who she like anybody she ever known is that's kind of non-consensual right? yeah like, so
0: that's that was my feeling as well right like I don't know, maybe she, like, because the level of familiarity, maybe she falls in love with, with Vin Diesel from scratch all over again, and okay, I'm willing to accept that to a certain point, but they're not at that level by the, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not at the, at the sitting on the lap at the barbecue, at the backyard barbecue level by the, the end of the movie. I don't know, did you get a sense of a, mor- uh, of a moral or metaphorical story uh, in this film?
2: Oh, well, it's definitely about memory, Right, and like and re and remembering and recontextualizing the things that have happened to you in the past right uh, because it's it, the roger ebert dot com refer to this as the Star Trek six of Fast and the Furious movies um I think, and it's cause not Roger Ebert, of course because he's departed uh he's he's his fast he has driven off into the big um uh, like F one racing Humvee car chase in the sky, uh, but uh, but yeah, but it's, it's about it's about nostalgia, I guess to an extent. It's about remembrance. So the main thing is that that Letty doesn't remember anything about, about their past, and and Vin Diesel holds on to it pretty strongly. Um, uh, gosh, and it's sort of like he arrives at it. It it, it almost it's almost tragic, right? It's almost tragic. Because I I really don't believe, and I know we just said this, but I really don't believe that at the end of the movie, they've really achieved the thing that they were setting out to get. Right. Right? They've really, like, reestablished this life that never really quite existed. You know, this... um, This thing that they that, you know, things the way they were, which, you know, yeah, because
0: the the the, 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 like the plot device of the movie, the MacGuffin is is really a MacGuffin. It's a it's a black box that has a computer chip in it. And it doesn't matter to anybody other than it's the thing that we have to uh, uh, the thing that we have to do. I mean, the real the real goal of the movie is to kind of put the family together and uh, uh, again and kind of to put mommy and daddy together uh, again at the head of the right at the head of the family. Yeah.
2: I think that that- the big the big the, oh, the big symbol I think that helps helps unpack this is the speech by Tyrese when he talks about how the different members of the evil squad of of Shaw's people are like evil versions of their squad yeah right uh, and so, okay. Well, what's the biggest difference between the people who are on Shaw's squad and the people who are on our squad? Uh, well, there isn't really all that big a difference because we know that Letty can be on both squads. The big difference is when Letty is on Shaw's squad, she doesn't remember or value the things that she shares with these people, right? And like Letty talks about precision, and versus Vin Diesel talking about loyalty, right? So it's like all of the things that make these people awesome um, could very well make them bad. Uh, or good it doesn't really you know there's no the moral force of what they do isn't incorporated in how fast or furious they are i mean i guess it's how furious they are in the sense of how passionate they are in the remembrance of 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 the, the past time that they had i think um the the big twist right with uh and this is your last chance to not find out the big twist at the end of fast and furious 6 uh which is when um the, the MMA girl. Gina Carana's
3: right? character. Yeah. yeah,
2: Gina Carana's character is revealed, who's the rock sidekick throughout this movie, is revealed to have been a, a sleeper agent working for the bad guys. And Because that moment is really important because it puts in context the fight that, that she has with Letty much earlier in the movie, which at the time doesn't really seem to, to be very motivated. Um, right? Like uh, Because the two of them are fighting, but Letty has a history with most of the characters in the movie, or at least at least four or five of them. Uh, and why is she fighting one of the only characters who doesn't know who she is? Right? Like that's, that seems like it takes tension out. And the reason is because it's a girl fight, right? Oh, it's salacious. It's exciting to watch these two girls fight each other. These women fight each other. Uh, but it's revealed when Gina Carano flips that they are mirror images of each other. They are sort of like struggling ways in which this person could exist. One without the kind of mem- memory and, and important things that were happening in her life back when she was growing up. And, and, you know, one with that, one without that. Uh, and what's the difference, right? When, and what is it like to choose precision over loyalty? Um, I don't know. That's, that's sort of like – those are the big things that I look to when I'm trying to unpack this thing. I but
3: thought – like yeah, I thought that,
0: that precision was a pretty poopy – I mean like that's is that a is that a good f- foil for loyalty? Right? I guess it's uh
3: It's it's a code and I've heard that a man is has to have a code. That is an important thing too. Yeah, it's
2: not the best word. Possibly. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, it's like he's like my 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 brother always told me a man has to have a code. It's like my brother is Omar.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh but no, I don't think he really means I think precision's a poor word choice. They should have rewritten that scene until they picked a better word because what he really means is like functional functionality
0: right or sort of victory right like uh, you know what i mean like there's victory at, an, at any cost
2: uh well, or even more than that not just that you win but that the people work as pieces the way that they are supposed to like, it's a metaphor for a car sure right like, is is that like you know it's not it's not just that the car wins but it's that like it's a it's a machine and you swap out the bad parts for good parts well
1: and um, it, it also it also suggests that the pieces are interchangeable that yes, yeah, whereas in, a, in loyalty implies that there's like a family structure where one person is is not interchangeable for another because you have loyalty to those individuals yeah you know that dom's crew works for dom because he is dom whereas presumably i mean i haven't seen this one but presumably shaw's crew works for shaw because he's paying them well and can get them good jobs and if there was someone equally good as him at his job they would work for him instead
2: yeah exactly he's he's former military supposedly um, that's the only thing we really learn about him. His plan is also kind of not that important, right? Like they like, oh no, if he gets this, he could hold the whole world hostage for billions of dollars. Um, but then they have him in like this the laser sight, and they just don't.
3: Doing let's, let's talk about the villain for a moment, because he's noticeably lacking any like you know, childhood trauma or you yeah. know uh, you know some institution that betrayed him that is propelling him to do these evil things and to try to I mean, he's just trying to make a lot of money by selling this uh, thing to whoever you nefarious know, people will buy it, right? Right, right. Yep. I mean, you even get the sense when you talk to Vin Diesel, they they could just have reconciled
2: everything, like that scene where they're out there on the in the parking lot or wherever it is. You're like this guy isn't that bad a guy? He just has an evil plot, right? Like, um,
3: well, he's just trying to steal things, just like um, the other gang.
2: Yeah, like isn't it? is not that what Ludacris says? Like, why don't we just steal it? Yeah. <laughs> he kind of openly raises the question: Like, why don't we do the thing the bad guy is doing? It seems profitable, yeah. right? And the and answer is because he has Letty. It's not because it's wrong. It's because um, it's because like he has our our, our my former girlfriend, uh, you know, in his organization, and that's why he and Vin Diesel doesn't say like, um, I'll stop when you're defeated. You know, he's like, I'll walk away when she
0: walks away. Yeah, right. So
3: there's a so, yeah. In the in the last two big summer blockbuster movies talked about, uh, what uh, Star Trek Into Darkness and Iron Man Three, mm-hmm. right? We I think we complemented the writing of those villains as having um, some motivation that we sort of uh, understand and sympathize with, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I, I guess it's not really a, a detriment for this movie. It's just like it's not what this movie was trying to do, right?
1: I, right. I don't think. I don't think that's what the series is trying to do, though, because even the previous movies, the villains are pretty sketchy at best. I mean, they're they're just generic drug dealers generally without really any, you could easily interchange one for the other at any point, and really not have a have a problem.
2: Yeah, the villain in the first movie is like a sort of Cobra Kai situation, right? Like, I think it's safe to say the villain in the first movie is Johnny Tran, even though the real villain in the first movie is Vin Diesel, right? You right. keep thinking that Johnny Tran is the one doing all the illegal stuff, and Johnny Tran is just the spoiled kid who happens to have access to semi-automatic weapons for some reason, um, which then cause a lot of trouble, because children shouldn't have access to semi-automatic weapons, right? But it's like the paucity of guns in that whole story is also really interesting. Like, you know, there's not really a huge threat to anybody. It's just – it's all about respect. Um, so, yeah, the villain doesn't have a motivation to be a villain. And I guess what? Like in 4, yeah, he's a drug dealer. He's a drug lord. The guy in 2 is just a hilarious, like, you know, cable late-night style villain where he's just like, I'm the drug lord of Miami and I'm going to make you do silly things. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, because the, the series is, it's, it's not even about anti-heroes. I mean, it's now become about anti-heroes, but a lot of the series is, is, is about um, people who find themselves on the wrong side of the law because of circumstances, um, and, and, and like, you know, in that kind of situation, it's tough to nail down a really clear villain. Um,
3: I agree with Ben, yeah, it's not what the series is trying to do. And we have a a new villain coming up in Fast Seven. Should we talk about Jason Statham?
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, oh wow! He likes to blow things up in Tokyo?
0: So what is? I mean, is this? I like to think that this could be a crossover between the like the Death Race franchise or the Transporter franchise and the Fast and the Furious franchise, or or better yet, Crank. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's
2: Chev Chelios. <laughs> yeah. <then> Chelios. <laughs>
0: Would, wouldn't that be great if it were Chev Chelios and? Uh, what would it, what it would it crank? It would be called like Crank 3 Fast and Furious, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of amazing. which, which we can't make the title of the episode, um, because it's it's spoilery, but you know, I that's yeah. that's my vote right there.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, like, we were first of all, how awesome was it that in the Fast and the Furious franchise they put the
3: after the credits scene before the credits? I thought that was pretty cool no, that was very nice it me to run home and start this podcast on that yeah it's,
0: well i no it's it's very nice and also it's kind of like uh it's kind of like to you know it's a a plea to the to the viewers right like are we not fast? are we <laughs> not furious? <laughs> But yeah, but also it's like we
2: were speculating I and mean, I saw it I saw it with my buddy Dan, who is also the guy I saw Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance with, one of the braver movie watchers that I go on these endeavors with. And we were saying, wouldn't it be great if at the end it's like Sly Stallone in Vin Diesel's garage saying that he needs him to join the expendables? Oh my god. Right? Like, <laughs> well, I've assembled a special team of specialists. Said we oh oh, oh god.
3: Sylvester Stallone and Vin Diesel in the same movie? Like they'd have just like a, a low slur off. You know, well, you, <laughs> you
1: you mentioned you know both the expendables and then earlier the fact that the characters are getting older when when does the fast franchise have the we're getting too old for this stuff moment <laughs> like how many movies in before they have to hit that moment where that like that's a factor
2: I think the next one. I mean, they're almost there already, <laughs> right? Like, they're almost they're, – they had the retrospective montage of their past experiences being young just to, like, remind you of what they used to look like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this I, I also – I kind of wish – I mean, I wish that there weren't, like, imminent plot, right? I wish Chef Chelios weren't coming to, like, what – avenge his – Brother, right? Like the the uh, the the. I wish we could skip ten years ahead in the future or fifteen years, right? When Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel have a little uh, have a little baby drag racer, right? Who's uh, you know Who's you know defying their authority and kind of doing all the things to them that they that they do.
2: And and then social services is threatening to take away because she's not high functioning enough as like a severe anterograde amnesiac to care for a child, and he's like at the garage all the
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, gra- the garage is at the house, though, right? Like that's uh, true.
2: That's true. I just really feel like that that that's gonna be a if that were if this were real life, that would be a really bad situation. <laughs> that, that's the time you got to – You stay with the Brazilian cop, and you put her in an institution until she like, recovered. Anyway, never. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't think people understand what a horrible, devastating thing it is to lose your memory. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to, if they had some opportunity for repose, so that you could come upon them not in immediate reaction to some sort of horrible thing, but living life on their own terms, and thus you could see how they changed. Right? Yeah. Um, I guess they could just do that in the second scene of the next movie <laughs> rather than the first.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, do Chev, dispense with Chev or <laughs> dispense with Chev in the first ten minutes. Yeah, He's not- I
2: did love how I did love how they showed you what the characters had done since Fast Five, mostly by how they spent their money and how, like, at the end of Fast Five, each character articulates very clearly what they're going to do with the money, and then in, in Furious Six, they all follow through on what, exactly what they said,
3: <laughs>
0: right?
2: Like, which is pretty awesome. Um, what did Tyrese say? He yeah, said something really inappropriate about vaginas. And At the end of the fi- – that'll purchase a lot of vagina uh, or something like that. It was really weird at the end of Fast Five.
3: What about Ludacris? Uh, because I, I appreciated what it was that he was doing. I'm, I'm curious to, to hear how he put it in words at the end oh, of the I – Oh, don't, I don't even remember.
2: My, well, oh, I, he,
3: he's going to start a garage. Yeah, that's right. That's Fast right. Fast Five.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's going to start a garage, but he's also going to do – I think the joke with Ludacris is that like Tyrese just wants to party and then Ludacris wants to get serious and start a business – and also party. <laughs> um, I think that that's the that's the joke
3: there. Wait, getting serious and starting a business and starting a garage somehow entails like hacking an ATM to make it spit out money for poor people.
0: Well no, that's it's the party that's the style. also party part of his uh Yeah, if
3: like, only you know, like there was, was some sort of synonym for laughably
2: implausible that we could use <laughs> as a <synonym.
0: laughs> If only. Does anyone
2: have Mike Tyson's number? I think he knows one. Uh, There's a deep cut.
3: Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about how ludicrous is this like cultural juggernaut now? Because like just not a few years ago, he did the rap part for the Justin Bieber song "Baby," right? Yeah. So he's like for a while, like he basically you know along with Justin Bieber had the number one song in the world, and uh, now probably is in the number one movie in America for this weekend, right? Oh yeah. I mean, Where
2: where did he come from? Like you know, he was like. All you have to do is just make like platinum records for ten years, and all of a sudden you're a celebrity <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yes.
2: uh Like, wait where did he come from like um i mean he's pretty connected i know i think i i think that he uh he's a he's a well- uh, connect, he's like politically active he is connected in different communities i'm just trying to i think that he um one thing that was very telling, uh, one sort of moment with Ludacris that, that I heard years ago that was very telling is that uh, Ludacris was a big supporter of the 2008 Obama campaign. I don't know whether he did it in 2012. Um, but in particular, I remember hearing stories about Ludacris making appearances in Indiana, right, to campaign for, for, uh, for Obama, uh, and him – like sort of offering to make an appearance with Obama, and Obama declining because he did not want to be photographed with Ludacris, um, and and not in in sort of a strategic way that he sort of mutually understood. I don't think this was like a Frank Sinatra thing where he was offended, but it's like. You know, you hear that story, and then you hear about, like, Amanda Bynes being arrested in her house for being crazy, right? And it's like, okay, you know, like, some people use their fame and money to acquire more fame and money, and others don't. Uh, (laughs) I mean, word of mouth was a long time ago, man. Word of mouth came out contemporaneous with the first uh, Fast and the Furious movie, right? And that was, uh, is it number three? Did it ever hit number one? Did it have any number one signals? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was top of the charts back in 2001. Oh, no, R&B, hip-hop. It never topped the, the normal charts. I'm sorry, not normal. <laughs> Jeez, gosh, that was colonialist of me. No, <laughs> no, no.
3: <laughs> but God bless him for picking that name. I mean, what a freaking stroke of genius.
2: Yeah, definitely. Right? Ugh. I mean, you know, getting caught up with the Austin Powers franchise was smart for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah you know Money Maker is a good song, number one spot is a good song
0: and <laughs> and know? and we continue the rocks like inexorable rise as the biggest action movie star in America, right
2: Oh, it's more than a rise i mean this is this is it:
0: the, the, the apotheosis you think.
2: Well, I mean, maybe not the apo- maybe the apotheosis will be in a movie where he is more center stage. But I feel like uh, we're, if we're gonna like we're gonna be like, oh, the rock is rising, the rock is rising, the rock is rising, and then it's like, oh, the rock missed a step. What's going on? What's wrong? And we'll have realized that this whole time that the rock was rising was when he was on top. Yeah. Right. Um, Because this is pretty great. His performance in this movie is pretty awesome. I mean,
0: the the Rock himself is he is both Sisyphus and he is the Rock. You know, he's pushing himself. (laughs) (laughs) He's pushing himself up the hill.
2: It's all the way down. Well, it's just funny because, I mean, as a professional wrestler, one of your main jobs is to throw yourself to the mat with great force and an appearance of great pain. So uh, he's, definitely been, he's, been, been both the, he's definitely been the, the, the rock-bottomer and the rock-bottomee in both
0: cases. Uh, all right. Um, so that's, uh, that's Fast 6. Listen, That um, went quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm furious. Rage views, sing drift? of did, the rage of Vin Diesel.
2: Did we stay on topic enough
3: or did we drift too much?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, well, I, think, the, I
3: think we, we got to hit the brakes on this, guys.
0: Uh, okay. No, I say let's hit the gnaws. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um,. So, uh, hey, we are actually, we're recording this, uh, on an unusual day for us. We usually record the Overthinking podcast on Sunday nights and we're recording it on Saturday afternoon. Um, partly because it's a holiday weekend and there, you know, there were scheduling issues. Uh, partly because, uh, we intend to spend the rest of the next 48 hours, uh, watching and rewatching and then rewatching again the, what, 15, 14, 15 new episodes of Arrested Development that are going to be released. (laughs) Uh, on Netflix at midnight tonight. So uh, you thought you had a mind-bending marathon on Friday, Pete, with the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. Oh, Lord, <laughs> there, is, there is yet another. Mar- and so we we decided not to podcast on these these this week to to give us all uh, podcasters and audience alike a week to um, you know fully to to understand the uh, the Arrested Development. Uh, things, but uh, the uh, episodes that are coming out. I don't know. You guys have any thoughts? You, you looking forward to this? Obviously, really much looking forward to it. Um, a, a,
3: more than a little bit nervous that it's not going to meet the extraordinarily high expectations that everyone has for it. Um, I, I just, I, I um, last night I rewatched the first two episodes of the original run of Arrested Development, and uh, just the, the the sharpness of the writing, the twisted nature of the comedy, in particular, like the. Um, the ridiculousness of the Tobias character, um, it, well, the, all the characters are pretty ridiculous, but Tobias in particular, um, it's, it's, just, it, it's this unholy combination of genius. Um, and it's hard to, to I mean, mix metaphors, it's hard to capture that lightning in a bottle twice. So I'm nervous. I'm, I'm interested to see how much they rely on callbacks
1: and how much is it going to be new bits. Because the, these, the callbacks in Arrested Development have become such a cultural touchstone, at least among people that... Love, rest, development. I mean, I've made a huge mistake, or sure. um, any any of the famous lines. I mean, you, they have to have some of those, but it's hard to draw that line of what's fan service and what's legitimately what, you know what, what's legitimately funny, and when does it just become fan service and not? Right.
3: That sounds not like the conversation that. we were having last week about Star Trek, <laughs> and also the Grace scenes in all the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> <But anyway. laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. Well, perhaps only time will tell.
0: There's always money. <laughs> do you think, to banana that, do you
2: think that George, do you think George, Michael and Maeve, maybe will finally have sex? Wait, is that not something
3: that everybody wants to have?
0: Happen?
3: <laughs> <laughs> there was it's a perfect, I,
0: I can't. There was a perfectly timed chirp of a bird in the background. <laughs> that, that
3: <laughs> I'm kidding people. I'm kidding.
0: There's, a, I, I mean, all I can say is Maybe.
3: Oh <laughs> you, think, uh, you think the Kali Ray Jepson song, Call Me Maybe, is gonna be featured in one of these episodes? Oh gosh, probably.
0: Yeah, this would be <laughs> Yeah, th- this should have been this should have been the, the question of the week. Like we should have made made predictions for new new jokes in the uh do you think there's going to be uh, an elaborate C word joke, right? The the Do you remember the C word S E A W A R D is the boat that Job wants to buy? And then uh And then um, Michael says, uh, take the C-word outside. And and his mother says, I'll leave when I'm good and ready. And then in the the final episode's boat, Job is living on a a boat called the C-word, (laughs) C-W-O-R-T. I mean... That's the kind, and it's never, I mean, it's never, That's that was the thing I loved about, um, oh, and this is going to tie it back to Fast and Furious um, before we wrap. That was the thing I loved about the the jokes. Like, they, they, they were prodigal with jokes. They were all over the screen, and they were thrown into the corners, right? It wasn't like a standard sitcom that, like, frames the joke in the center of the thing and underlines it and puts quotes around it and, like, you know, informs you, uses, like, various, like, filmic and extra-diegetic means to, like... I can form you like this is the joke and uh, and you ought to this you ought to be you ought to uh laugh at it now you know that that was the thing so I, I i don't know I'm hoping for that sort of like density that level of density and uh you know i don't know density of reference um in the thing i I wanted to make a point i guess um as I was thinking about. Uh, Furious six uh, about like how do you depict speed on on screen right and like some of the various ways that they uh, uh, that they that the filmmakers find to do that like a lot of which has to do with just shaking the camera around a lot you know mm-hmm. um, because if you, if you think of a, a, a camera tracking a car imagine a camera in the middle of a circular racetrack following a car uh, around the car may be moving very fast but it 's stationary in the frame right as you pan along to to, to go with the car and yeah you create yeah. some blurry background but like this this film does a lot i think to try to to sort of move the camera so that the car moves in the frame and a lot of it just has to do with uh i don't know with shaky camera um mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah otherwise short track speed skating would be the most popular <laughs> sport <laughs> if you could just point the camera at someone going really fast and it would look like they were going really fast. <laughs> it does not work that way,
0: unfortunately. But, but how does the camera make you look furious? Oh, guy, low angle? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, <laughs> low, low Dutch angle, right? Like, low angle <laughs> with a canted frame on Vin Diesel so that he stands not, you know, uh, totally straight up in the frame, but that he, like, I don't know, looms like a gargoyle, you know, I don't yeah. know, peeking out from the side of the, from the side of the movie frame.
2: There was definitely a shot in this movie of, like, like a Hitchcock-style dolly zoom shot on Vin Diesel. <laughs> as he sort of, like, considers his life in this movie. And it was pretty hilarious.
0: <laughs> what? Uh. Huh? Ready? <laughs> 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 All right, let's leave it there. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Overthinking a Podcast. If you want to join the conversation about, uh, fast, about Furious 6 or Fast 5 or... Uh, Two Police, Two Academies, Um, (laughs) you can email us at podcast at overthinkingit.com call 203-285-6401 call or text 203-285-6401 or leave a comment in the show notes on this episode. Uh, Have a happy and safe Memorial Day everybody, Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy some Arrested Development. We'll be back to talk about that and more. Uh, Until then, you can visit us on the web at www. where we subject popular culture to a level of scrutiny
3: it, it probably does. probably it doesn't doesn't
0: deserve. Deserve. it's a pity it's not in 3D right oh good christ <laughs>